0: Hi, all. This is uh, an episode that Dan and I did with the actor Teo Yu. And uh, he actually did the music that you're about to hear for the intro and the outro uh, under his SoundCloud uh, Florence Camarad. He changed the name from Teo Caravan to that one. But, anyways, um, have a listen. It's uh, really uh, great to reconnect with Teo over in Korea. And,. Uh, I thought that I learned a lot uh, especially about him and also about the idea of identity and moving in the arts and being a citizen of the world so have a listen take care
1: cause I'm 66 years of age I'm coming down with a few
0: This is Ian and Young the Podcast. Uh this is episode, I don't even know. Dan, do you have you have the track what's that? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Very good. We're still we're still running. And uh today's a very, very special episode. Uh we have with us uh a a friend I met at Sundance 2015. Um uh actor, writer, uh I guess you do anything. Actor, writer uh, Tao Yu, yay! Yay! Thank you. Um, I met Tao back in Sundance 2015. Uh, I was a co producer for Advantageous, and he was an actor in Soul Searching uh, uh, by Benson Kim and uh, a director, and they screened there. And Benson and, Lee. Benson Lee, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Shit, is that Lee or Kim? Shit! <laughs> okay. Backtrack, I'm going to edit that out. Benson Lee, sorry. As you can tell, I've been done with my research. Uh and uh yeah, it was very uh I thought it was an interesting, you know, array of characters and it was like the first time I saw that, you know, that kind of uh Asian-American story told. And then I met I met the cast uh, after the screening, said hi, and I was just very uh uh how can I say? I just thought that when I met you today, I thought that you were very gracious and very, you uh, know, very uh, welcoming person. Very nice. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm trying to be. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was just so I was like, so yeah, we uh, exchanged contact and we've been in touch, you know, on and off here and there. I've been following him on uh, Instagram and seeing all the cool things he's been doing. Um, so, yeah that's uh my like connection here and we're here in seoul which is kind of (laughs) crazy yeah um from like i knew that i was coming to seoul and i wanted to you know do the touristy stuff but i also wanted to meet up with tayo and catch up with him and see how he's doing and i think this was this would be like you know a good platform for that to -hmm. to catch up and Mm -hmm. also to hear about like uh you know, your life here in Korea, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll get to know you a little bit more. So. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Dan, anything from you or your end? Uh,
2: nope. <laughs> we can just get it started, to about his background and how he got
0: started in acting and how long he's been acting. Sure. So you were born in Germany?
1: Yeah, I was born and raised in Germany. I was, um... Huh? I was 20 years old when I left for New York. Um... I originally uh, wanted to study like the, the area that I that I was born in, where I grew up at. Uh, it's Cologne, and um, we have like a like a pretty famous um, physical education kind of college. you would okay. say, Yeah. So, um, so yeah. since it's so subject oriented, you don't need a high school like a German high school. Uh, graduation diploma, which is kind of the equivalent of the university entrance exam. Okay. So once you have that high, which is called Abitur in Germany. Okay. Yeah. When you finish that, you, you basically are allowed to, to apply for, you know, studying uh, law or, you know, go to higher education for university. Mm. But um, since I wanted to study sports, I just didn't, didn't want to do that. I was like, you <laughs> know, fuck it, I'm just going to, you know, stop high school at, you know, when I'm like 16 and then I go on to that college. Oh, wow, but, you're a bad student then, huh? Or...
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, really, I wasn't, I was never really good at school. Okay. Yeah. So I was an athlete, and I told my parents I didn't want to finish high school, and they were like, you know, the conservative kind of Asian immigrant parents that they are. They're like, no, you have to finish it, and you know, you don't know what you want to do in the future. Mm. I'm like, yeah, I want to do something with sports, and they were like, just finish it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I finished it, but I made a deal, and I told them I want to, um, you know, explore uh, another country. I just want to, mm. you know, travel for a year. Yeah. What, you know, European students do after, after they get there, uh, after they, they uh, enter the university or college. Their gap year, I guess. Yeah, their gap, gap, year. gap year. okay. And um, me being an athlete, I mean, most guys that enjoy sports, they either do one of the two things. And one is either watch a lot of films or <laughs> play a lot of video games. Oh, All right, <laughs>
0: Korea is famous for, for both of those, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
1: mean, in, in Europe. But in Korea, you also, you know, read a lot of um, comic books. That's like the third thing in Korea. Oh, okay. But um, but yeah. in
0: Europe too, I guess, yeah. Watch yeah. a lot of movies and uh, yeah, play yeah. video games. I guess that's just yeah. young
1: men around the world,
0: I think. I don't yeah, know. yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so,
1: and me being in love with films and having had the luck of having having a, a a good i guess like a good art teacher in in high school okay yeah. you know because my grades were bad overall besides arts and and uh, sports
0: oh interesting yeah, arts I, and sports you did well in high school yeah okay. yeah i
1: did well and and sometimes when there's an artistic subject coming on in in, in the class of english or in the, or in german class when we would talk about poetry and stuff you know like yeah. for some reason there was like a natural easy understanding for me to understand like the subject matter mm. to understand like like buchner or or goethe or you know like like german classic literature or when we would you know talk about shakespeare mm. it came easy for me to understand that i don't know why okay I mean, it was kind of weird because i was always in denial with like intellectual people I <laughs> like yeah no You know, I'm not one of those, you know, weird, you know, fuckers, like. Right, right. Those artsy, artsy, fartsy people, yeah. Yeah, artsy, fartsy, like softies, that kind of thing. Like art house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so what I ended up doing after school is um, I just picked New York, you know, because it's like the capital of the world. And then I researched um, acting schools or, or film schools because I was like, okay, let's do something that I'm. Not supposed to do, uh-huh. and then go back to my to my uh, normal path, which is like sports education, and then mm. maybe become a therapist or something like that, or a physical therapist. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And um,
0: and okay. So, um. So wait. So okay. So six. So sixteen. You're thinking about quitting. Yeah. And then, but your parents did you finish. You yeah. And then you,
1: you took your gap
0: year, I guess. I
1: took my gap year and, and I ended up in New York. You ended up. In, yeah. Okay. So that
0: gap year included a travel to different countries than you.
1: Yeah. No, just like I was like, no, I just want to go to New York. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about the other countries. Oh, it's, wow. So this is
0: when you're 20 now, I guess. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So oh, interesting. So for high school. Cause you took some time. You took your time in high school. Right? Cause they finish in.
1: Well, June. I took my time, meaning I was so bad that I had to repeat a year. Oh, right? Okay, <laughs> you know that, that was how dumb I was. Well, let's put it in another way. Yeah, that's how up, up, up. uninteresting school to me was. There we go. Then. There, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, and I mean, I I still think to this day that you know that the German school system is good because I have, oh, okay. like, a good basis of, like, a general education. Yeah, yeah. But um, a lack of understanding and finding what I'm supposed to do, mm-hmm. like, early on to really nourish what I believe my talent, like, what I now know my talent was, you know? I okay. never knew that when I was younger. So right. I was kind of a late bloomer in terms of the arts.
0: So, okay. Yeah. Because the one thing, oh, sorry, I was going to say is that we talked in a previous episode with a, a martial artist, Robert. Uh-huh. And um, he made a good point that, yeah, it seems like... And he was talking about the education system in Taiwan. Yeah. And it's kind of like, yeah, it's like a very cookie cutter. Like everyone has to go through the same program. Yeah. But then, you know, like uh, the analogy he made is like, well, uh, if you make a... Pe- like if it's like uh, animals, right? Let's yeah. say the animals. If a penguin is made to like climb a tree, Yeah, the monkey's always going to beat the penguin, yeah, of right? of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyway, sorry, continue, I just made me yeah, think yeah, about yeah, that, yeah, because yeah. yeah. I think that's a problem, American school systems, yeah. Asian school systems, uh, Korea, yeah, it's uh, everywhere, t- it's yeah. not
1: individualized, it's just generalized and industrialized, so, yeah, industri- yeah, uh, yeah that's a good that's word, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, I... I ended up um applying for the Lee Strasberg Theater Institute in New York.
3: Mm. Oh yeah.
1: I, yeah, I got in in January in 2002 and I only wanted to stay for 3 months and then I was like, okay, let's see, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do the rest of the year then, you know, okay. just, like, <laughs> maybe traveling then for the rest of the 9 months. But um after two weeks i realized um this was it like Hmm. because as an athlete you know the reason i excelled in sports was um to break it down like psychologically i would say okay you learn a technique you you become good in it and you basically reap the benefits of what you're good at depending on what stage you are and um for sports, it was the court, basketball court. Yeah, the basketball okay. court. Mm. So, um, so once I started um, doing acting classes and doing those like very basic starting techniques and sense memory in front of the class, I realized um, okay, th- this was actually it. What I felt as an, as an athlete. Yeah, oh. you know? I just didn't have any chance to ever explore that mm. on on this kind of level, only. What I liked better in it than sports, rather, was that um, I can express myself on an emotional level in, in a much um, bigger, uh, di- in, in a, in a much more diverse. You okay. Know? Mm. So it was simple, you know. Yeah. And after two weeks, I just called my dad. I was like, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm not going to return. And I just hung <laughs> up and used his credit card and I maxed it out. And I. Oh s- shit. And I um. Yeah, and I paid for the school for like 2 years because I knew once I started learning about sense memory, I knew that instinctively it there is no crash course for what I'm ab- about to do. You hmm. know, there's no quick way into it or out of it. It's just like I have to I have to study this for at least 2 years to really get it, yeah. to get the gist of it. So just
0: briefly, Dan, do you know what sense memory is? Uh, your your wife might know it. No.
2: Um, My wife, I'm sure. It's uh, realized, but... acting.
0: It's an acting technique where uh, you try to recreate certain senses based on um, a particular set of circumstances. So uh-huh. do you want? You want? Sorry, you want to give it a quick example. No, just no, no. You just. I mean. Yeah, you, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, yeah.
1: you explain it like really like on point actually. Yeah.
0: yeah so yeah. I mean, um, there. Uh, uh, there's a there's a book called no acting please and uh, he talks about how one exercise is like okay you first take the apple right yeah. <laughs> so so eating eating involves all five senses right so you take the yeah. apple first visually touch it look look at it and then you bite into the apple the taste um, the the smell all all these things and then basically you try to recreate that whole experience of like looking at the apple to eating the apple and digesting the apple so like um, just just for our listeners who don't know what sense memory is. Yeah. But yeah anyways. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So basically, it's like you're lying, you're you're lying to yourself until you <laughs> believe uh, the the fake reality that you kind of created.
0: But you know what's interesting? I hear is a lot of actors say the body can't tell the difference, though. Right? Like or like, I think intellectually mm. you know that you mm. are playing a role, mm. but your body is if you're crying or mm. you're yelling, mm. you're crying and you're yelling. Mm. Right, but intellectually, you're still in that play zone, I guess. Right, or I don't know. What's what's your thought on that? Uh,
1: That's well, kinda, yeah. I don't know who said that, but yeah. I would disagree with that. Oh because, really? Yeah, okay. because it's just as simply put as you know what. Um, let me think of something general or universal. Okay, when you. Um, when you're hungry for a while and you imagine what your favorite food is what you, or whatever you you're craving yeah. in that particular moment, mm. and then do just the sense memory of that taste and that smell without even looking the visual thing without you using the sense memory of, of how it looks oh, interesting. you know how, okay. how, it's, how it tastes, how it smells, mm-hmm. and then maybe use the sense of touch with your lips or your fingertips, then you will have a physical reaction, yes, right right. And that's basically what sense memory is. Okay. You know, it's basically evoking that physical and emotional reaction by creating, um, by the sense memory of the physicality of it. Not, not going after the result, but only recreating the reality.
0: Oh, the being. Yeah, yeah, being. yeah, the oh. reality
1: of it, like the physical reality of it. Oh, okay. And this is like what we learned in school, what um, my teacher, Irma Sandri, the late Irma Sandri who passed away, um always told us she was always like sense memory and this whole thing about method acting is not about cre- creating the emotion but creating the the reality of the sense memory
0: Oh. yeah
1: that's why it's called sense memory it's not it's not called emotional memory
0: oh interesting you know?
1: which is a whole other exercise but <laughs> yeah that's the hardest thing to learn and i think also the biggest misconception of what we learn at Strasbourg. Ah. Oh. yeah so just you know, learning um, how to physically recreate that. Yeah. So so you
0: got that, so you saw this and it was like, two weeks in. Yeah. So only two weeks of classes, you're like, holy shit, this is this is for me, and then. Yeah. Um, so kind of, a, you maxed out your dad's credit card. So obviously he's he's in uh, Germany at this time. Yeah, or
1: exactly. They're le- they're still living in Germany.
0: They're still living in Germany, and uh, I'm see he's seeing the bills. Yeah. Them. Yeah. And so, uh, let me know if this is, like, so how was your relationship with him at that time, then, or?
1: Oh, uh, he didn't like it, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, who, <laughs> who would like that, you know? Who would yeah, like that? Dan, Dan has
0: two kids, like, yeah. Dan, you probably wouldn't like, <laughs> well, your kids are a little bit young, too young to use credit cards right now, but, yeah. um, uh, they're like f- four and two, right, Dan, or?
2: Five and two, almost three,
0: yeah. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> but yeah can you can you talk about that a little bit but i
1: wonder you know if you tell them something not to do but they do it anyway but in the end they are happy about it would you rather see them happy doing what they want to do going against you or would you like them to be unhappy and listen to you
0: oh good point i think
2: it's a a case-by-case basis right if it's like they find their life's passion life yeah, goal yeah, you know, yeah thing yeah. that they really want to do then
3: yeah.
2: obviously i want them happy yeah. but if they're like just eating another chocolate i'm flipping <laughs> out it's completely different right <laughs> of course
0: yeah. yeah right or they're they're like yeah okay it's all
2: context i mean it's context, yeah, all yeah, it's yeah. context.
1: that's true yeah it's, yeah it's like
2: if they find their life school i mean they know what this is you know, this is what they're going to do for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Uh, you know, I might want them to be a doctor or a musician or something like that. And they, they go, you know what? No, I just want to be a painter. And <laughs> if that makes them happy, then it makes yeah. them happy. Hmm. Oh, they have, oh. But they have to own up to those choices, right? Because yeah, of course, yeah. obviously painters, like, they're not going to make that much money unless, yeah. unless they make it big like David Cho. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Or like they, they get stock instead of... Uh... Cash for a good, for a right. good company and they yeah. gamble and they, yeah. oh, well that's yeah gambling is a whole yeah, and, <laughs> they gamble,
2: well that's what David Cho did he he gambled he's like I'm a gambling person you know he was addicted to gambling so he was I'll take stock options I don't care yeah
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so okay so you're David in, Cho was Tao? what's that way, Tao. Uh,
2: Tao, I was just wondering if Tail knows who David Cho is oh uh,
0: no I didn't yeah, he's a Korean American artist oh um, uh, okay yeah uh, yeah
2: he, what he did was he he painted the mural for facebook the hallway in their opening lobby or something like that mm-hmm. and instead of paying them in cash or mm-hmm. paying him in cash they go we'll give you stock options so when facebook went public he was worth 300 million dollars Wow! yeah up until then he was really dirt poor Oh I see. Well, he got arrested mm-hmm. well he wasn't rich but he was like just getting by yeah and he was, yeah,
0: and, yeah he almost got arrested in japan he got he did get arrested in he japan did. yeah yeah six months in jail yeah. Oh, I see. But uh, he always says that that's some of the best paintings he ever did. <laughs> In jail, yeah.
1: <laughs> With, soy With soy sauce. and, and shit, yeah. Um, wait, wait, wasn't he also on a on a, on a I think, on a, on a Vice video? Yeah, I think he's I've a, seen him on Vice, yeah. He's very close Vice to the Vice and... guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, He does a yeah. thumbs up, yeah, yeah. I do know about him. I oh. forgot his name, yeah. but I do <laughs> know about him, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, so, okay, um, yeah, would, would so did your dad, cut? because he can cancel the credit card if he wanted to, right? Yeah,
1: but I mean, I would find out one way or the other, and then I figured, you know, I would just do whatever it takes to stay there and live there and do other, you know, jobs, whatever, mm. you know. <laughs> yeah, I so. Know. I was like, yeah, support me until you can or want to support me, and, you know, after that, we'll see where we stand. Wow, yeah. and you are the oldest in your family, or? yeah okay yeah the only son oldest uh yeah. i have a younger sister oh yeah so i know like yeah because you're
0: the only son so then okay uh, do you feel any like so do they put a lot of like pressure on you to like carry the family name or like so you're here you're, you're in new york okay so mm-hmm. you're in new york now mm-hmm. you're acting mm-hmm. and um so you now you max out your dad's credit card. What kind of how? What do you do to survive? I guess. And
1: well, um, apparently he wanted to keep supporting me. Oh wow! Yeah, so I got lucky yeah. at least until two thousand <laughs> So okay, it's <laughs> two years. Okay, two years. Yeah, okay. two years. Yeah, so two and a half actually until the summer of two thousand four, because you could tell that I was that serious about it. Oh good. Yeah, I mean I even used my food money. To and sometimes even my rent, which was really stupid, because you know during my studies I was at some point like three months homeless. But anyway, I used all my money wow. to, for the resources that I could get into my hands. So like I, it was like pre Netflix, pre Netflix, not the online webstream Netflix, yeah. Yeah. but the Netflix where they like sent you the DVDs at home. I still like yeah yeah yeah. Anyway, so I bought like. Like a shitload of... Can I curse? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You like, can like, totally like, fucking like curse. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like a shitload of yeah. DVDs. And um, I went to watch plays, you know. I would like go to... was it? Pace University. Like at, at at 7 in the morning to get in line for um, The Irresistible Rise of Arturo Ui. To watch um, Al Pacino on stage. Oh, wow. With one of the cancellation tickets for like 10 bucks, you know. Oh, okay, yeah. And those standby. kind of things. Yeah, the standby tickets or... You know, and I would make it a habit to watch at least two films before I go to sleep every day during those two years. So, which wow. sums it up, you know, I have like a fair good repertory of, of a lot of films, films yeah. in my head. You know, it was all for acting. So, yeah, I sacrificed everything. Mm. I, I I went homeless at some point. At some point I didn't have enough money for food so I stole my food (laughs) 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 but whatever I was I was young I mean it's it was like 16 years ago so 15 years ago wow yeah and um, anyway um, 2004 came around I was at Strasbourg for two and a half years Um, in 2004 I took um, so the last six months at Strasbourg I took it um, Mm part-time And um, during the other time, I, I could spend some money on, on taking acting classes in Meisner. So I took some private classes in Meisner and um, with Ro- Ro- uh, Robert X. Modica. I don't know for the people out there who are interested in that stuff. Shout out to Robert. Yeah, Robert X. <laughs> M- Modica, who's, um, uh, who is, uh, what's the guy's name? Oh, God. I mean the reason why I took the this teacher was um, oh my god he was in the Big Lebowski the Italian guy oh man oh uh, uh, Stanley Tucci no
0: no,
1: no uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh holy shit well we can name we can another go. movie he's in if uh, you name
2: another movie I can do it
1: oh really Joe Pesci? no 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 the no. Um, Nero well no. I don't know no. oh, I wasn't god. a big fan of, yeah, well, of he was he was in a few films of the Coen
0: Brothers you uh, wait you don't like the Big Lebowski Dan.
1: Oh, John Turturro. Oh, John Turturro, Turturro exactly. Oh, it has to okay. Be John yeah, John Turturro, exactly. Yeah. Oh my God, thank you. Oh, shame on me, I forgot his name. It's all good. Anyway, yeah. So because of John Turturro, um, I looked up his acting teacher, uh, who was um, Robert Modica. So some private classes with him, and then I looked up um, where Philip Seymour Hoffman came oh. from, and then I stumbled upon Stella Adler. So I went to Stella Adler. Um, Stella Atlas, Studio of Acting in New York, and you know, I took private cl- um, part-time classes there, um, which for the Strasbourg <laughs> group is kind of like, you know, oh my God, it's blasphemy. Oh, uh, part-time, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you cannot take like any other techniques because for them it's a doctrine and then it becomes like the, the gospel truth. Oh, Stella Adler. Yeah, 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 For Strasbourg, for Strasburgians, I mean. Anyway, so oh, I for took. Strasbourg. Yeah, yeah so I just wanted to get the whole gist of American techniques that are out there and that were famous at the time. And um, by the summer of two thousand four, I realized, okay, I got enough of this emotional American stuff. <laughs> so I need some classical training. So where where do I go? Okay, I look up again, like the best school and the best city. Um, that the world has to offer, which was the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts in London. And um, they had an intensive class for Shakespeare. And um, one of the teachers in my at uh, Stella Adler happened to be the person who auditions um, the people for the Royal Academy on the American side. Oh, cool. So I asked him, okay, what, what should I do? You know me as a student and you know where I'm where I'm at. And he was like, you know, you should take this um, Shakespeare intensive class. And I was like, okay, I'm going to audition for it, but I'm not going to audition for you. I just want to do it on my own, fucker, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah, had yeah. a lot of pride. <laughs> so I, I did a taped audition and I sent it in. And then a few weeks later, I found out that um, I was on their waiting list.
0: Oh, you went out. Nice.
1: Yeah, so when I I got onto the waiting list, I made sure that I called the office every day from New York to London, that they know that there's this crazy guy out here that wants to get into that class. Wow. Just in case someone cancels. So I called them every day. Um, I think it was uh, for London time around 10 a.m., so every day until I, until I got the letter that I got accepted, and then I got accepted. Oh wow! So you had to wake
0: up at seven a.m. Oh, no, what time? I don't remember what time. No, it's at night
1: time. Yeah, I called them. night time. I called them every day. Yeah. Wow, cool. Okay. And then and then I got the letter that I got in, and then um, I spent the summer acting Shakespeare intensive at RADA, and then I went back to Germany after that after those two and a half years, and I. And I started um, writing my own stuff, and um, you know, and I I spent about six months or nine months I don't I, I can't remember exactly, but you know around not a full year though I I spent in Germany I I performed a play in Berlin a one man show that I've written oh wow cool yeah and then I went back to New York okay yeah. So and this is basically when I became like a working actor right out of school, doing my own stuff, and then back to New York, mm-hmm. you know, auditioning, yeah. doing like, you know, indie films and short films, um, yeah. So that was uh, since two thousand five. So I've I've been acting for twelve years. Okay, so the 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 journey uh,
0: to New York. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to London, yeah. Then back to Germany for a bit, yeah. And then back to New York, yeah. So that whole, how long is that right there? I guess back to New. Uh, so when I
1: was back in New York, it was I think it was in the beginning of two thousand six. Okay, yeah. so two
0: thousand two to two thousand six yeah, is that kind yeah. of journey. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like your your college or your graduate school.
1: Or <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean. Yeah. 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 I can yeah. say that. I mean, back then when I went back to Germany after Shakespeare, I was so inspired that I started writing like poetry. And um, but it was also a time when I was um, diving into the history of stand-up comedy. So I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I um, yeah, American stand-up. So yes, I, yeah. I read a lot on Lenny Bruce and Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. Yeah, Richard Pryor, Eddie mm-hmm. Murphy, Whoopi Goldberg's. Um, Whoopi Goldberg on Broadway and back to Broadway. That was amazing. Mm. Um, yeah, so I got inspired so much by that that I wanted to write something where I can play um, like a version of myself w- within different characters on stage as a one man thing. Mm. So I did that and I did my own version in Germany then. Okay. Yeah.
0: So that was in German? Yeah, that right. was in German. Oh, cool yeah and um, then you still I, do that show once in a while or not really No nah, I <laughs> did it just that
1: one week it was also like a very unique opportunity to, to do it anyway yeah, yeah. it was um, uh, like a cultural kind of thing for, for Asian for Asians you know to put like like an ensemble on which um, involved arts some some uh, graffiti some acting mm. you know that kind of thing yeah oh, that's cool uh
0: I'm I'm a little curious about like... Dan, sorry, do you have any questions or...?
2: No, no, go right ahead.
0: I was just I was curious about... Um, so growing up in Germany from... So your parents are Korean immigrants to Germany, yeah? Yeah. And uh, so they... Are they from the North? Uh, like Seoul area or are they from like Busan area or like... Uh,
1: so uh, my father's side, uh, my grandparents, they both come from North Korea. Oh, um, wow. And uh, my mother's side, uh, on my mother's side, my grandfather um, is from Jeju-do, which is like the southernmost island of Korea. Okay. And my mother's side is, has also North Korean roots, like my my grandmother on my mother's side has oh, also North Korean roots. So, okay. Which is not very uncommon, you know, in that right. generation, you know. Because back then there was no South and North, North Korea. Yeah. Right? They were just like from, from some northern area, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> but anyway, so, um, yeah. And uh, my parents, they immigrated to Germany, I think it was around 76, 1976. Because back then, in the 60s and the 70s, um, post-war Germany invited a lot of foreign like cheap foreign guest workers
0: okay yeah
1: and um same as u.s yeah 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 and the the bigger bunch were turkish people and um i think turkish and um uh, i can't remember what the other eth- ethnicity was but koreans were one of those okay especially because koreans uh korean men were physically smaller And they needed people who work in there uh, as blue collar workers in like mining facilities in the seventies. So um, yeah, my dad was one of those, and the mother. Yeah, he was a miner. Oh wow! And and, and my mother, all the all the Korean females, they they were nurses. Okay. Because for some reason, like Germany was short on nurses back then, Mm. so they needed them. Um, Yeah. And after mining closed down and they didn't need, like, that many nurses anymore, you know, um, all my friends' parents and my parents, you know, they they just settled down and they opened up, like, Korean restaurants or fast food (laughs) restaurants or delis or, you know, whatnot. Like, similar to what, like, parallels to what you see what happened in the United States. Okay. Only the cultural movement wasn't as... Free, but more something out of necessity.
3: Mm. You know? Yeah,
1: not out to of survive. like yeah, not out of you know free will and you know and an American dream, but more <laughs> about you know surviving and because it's tough in Korea and the government had this deal with Germany or whatever the Korean government. Mm. Yeah.
0: So, then so you grew up, so you you and your sister grew up um, in that so. It, in that environment like did you guys have to so your dad was minor nurse and then did you also have to help at the shop when he opened up the restaurant or the shops or no
1: oh uh, yeah I helped when I was after I became 12 years old I think like you know for a solid three four years I helped my father a lot in his restaurant
0: oh, okay yeah. that seems to be a trend uh, especially for Asian immigrants like in uh, around the world I guess they have to help the parents and then um yeah <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> yeah yeah, no. yeah now did you um okay did you pay your dad back or
1: <laughs> uh, if I pay, no I never paid him back
0: oh wow yeah uh is there any sense of sorry this is my personal is there yeah. any sense coming from such a working class background yeah Cause my my parents are also working class. My dad yeah. was an engineer. My dad was a little bit more um, intellectual side. He had a degree, so he's part of the the brain drain of Taiwan yeah. Yeah. during the Cold War. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my but my mom worked in the post office, and my yeah. dad was laid off after they didn't you know contract work yeah. was over for defense. Um, so my mom worked in the post office, and mm-hmm. I know for me growing up as you know doing you know yeah. r- producing writing directing yeah. there is a sense of. Uh, it's taken me years to kind of like peel it back, but sense of guilt. Yeah. Like oh, I get to pursue my dreams, yeah, sure. Yeah. And my parents did not. Yeah. Um, do you Do you ever feel that or? Uh,
1: no, I never felt that. Oh, interesting. And, um, okay. I was thinking about that too. Um, in comparison to how Koreans Koreans are and how Korean Americans are. Okay. Because German Koreans or Ger- people. Who immigrants or people who grew up in, in the European environment, um, have a have a sense, no, don't have a sense of privilege, oh, but okay. you know, because they grew up in that privileged environment. So what I'm saying is, Germany has a very um, well knit social system, a social support system. So if you're homeless, you get a home from the from the state from the oh. country. If you're if you don't work, you get money. Um, from the state until you find work. Of course, they give you a deadline, but they calculate, ca- calculate a deadline for you um, depending on your education, how long it will take you, considering the current market situation and economy, mm. how long it will take you until you get a job and the, the state takes care of you. Oh, so wow. the taxpayer's money is, actually goes back to the people, which gives you the luxury of um, always feeling secure, of always feeling safe. Right? In, in whatever industry you choose, in whatever you, okay. you choose in Germany. Yeah. So since I never had to worry about money, mm-hmm. I never had the issue of um, thinking about how I'm going to take care of my parents, you know, or okay. well, how, well, how am I going to pay them back. And on top of that, my um, financial education um, that came from my parents <laughs> was very poor because they didn't know how to handle money and how to talk about it. Oh. So my sense right now at this moment is not that of guilt and then maybe I have to pay him back but just I have to pay him back because I don't, you know, I feel like, I feel grateful. Yeah, yeah, grateful, yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, very, just simple, it's just as simple as that. I mean, it took me a long time to get, come to that conclusion Mm. because before that, before maybe three, four years back, I didn't have the sense of, I I owe him something, you know. Ah, yeah. yeah. It's like, they put me onto this world, they better take care of their shit, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's true though. Yeah. It's true as a parent yeah. that I feel
2: that way. Yeah.
0: Wait, so, yeah. Wait, Dan, can you articulate what you what you feel
2: I mean it's exactly what Tao just said. I mean, I, it was my my choice to bring my kids into the world, so I have to like make sure that they're set up for success.
3: Hmm.
2: I'm not gonna view them as like my social welfare.
0: <laughs> they're not my social security. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, so- it's it's some parents do that, really? which is unfortunate, but yeah yeah,
1: yeah, this yeah. is where the Asian immigration thing comes in because mm. it correlates with um having more children for financial security in their elderly age, you yes, know yeah. you know that kind of thing, but in Germany, we don't have that as much, so
0: that's a cool system though, yeah yeah,
1: yeah it's a very fortunate and a very privileged system that mm. that I get to. That I got to experience because it gave me also the luxury of um, of um, having the time and no pressure to think about art and what it all means. And I mean, th- I think yeah. that, that that's the whole reason why why the art world in Germany and the philosophy world, you know, it's so strong. I mean, mm. because they have the luxury of being able to have the time to spend. A lot of resources and and thinking into that that leisure which is called art, you know, yeah,
0: yeah, it's like you know the Maslow hierarchy no, um, I don't, so Maslow hierarchy is basically your base it's a pyramid of needs, right mm-hmm. you need basic survival needs, mm-hmm. food, shelter, water, mm-hmm. and then, but above that is when you start talking about you know arts, mm-hmm. love, passion, mm-hmm. um but yeah, it sounds like yeah. So once once your you know either your government or yeah. your family helps you take care of those basic yeah. needs then yeah
1: yeah
0: what what does it all mean <laughs> Exactly exactly Yeah
1: I mean look at it even 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 the I think uh, the program directors and the and the curators at at MoMA in New York and PS1 they're both German Oh you know? yeah okay. so you know that speaks for itself Hmm. I thought maybe just pulling some. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> German? Are you a
2: German national still?
1: No, I'm Korean. Oh what? But I mean, like your passport and everything. Yeah, I'm fully Korean. Oh, oh. wait. You didn't. I never. I never adapted my German citizenship. No. Uh that Huh. That was yeah, because I, I didn't I, care, and I was too dumb to even care. To get ah. to tell you the the honest truth, because when I was eighteen. Um uh-huh. In Germany, they give you um, the choice of becoming Korean or German citizen if your parents uh-huh. didn't just make you a German citizen and um by birth. and uh, my parents wanted to give me that choice, but I was just too dumb to care. yeah, huh because you know I wasn't aware of social issues or you know of my opportunities. I just did whatever I want and um and just later then in my life, when I decided to come to Korea, um, I had to be faced with that issue because I would have to give up my not my citizenship but my permanent residency for German, for for Germany. Oh so you have permanent residency. Yeah, okay, yeah, you have yeah,
0: that yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah,
2: I- Yeah, that's interesting. Cuz my cousins are they were all three of them were born in Germany in Hamburg. Yeah. And I think they still have dual citizenship.
0: Yeah. yeah. From US and Germany or
2: US and Germany. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. yeah. Cuz I so, but then growing up in Germany, like, did you and your sister face any racism or any identity issues uh, growing up there? Um, Cause you, I, I like, cannot mm. talk
1: for my sister because we are nine years apart, so she grew up in the 90s. Okay. I grew up in the 80s and I definitely had race, race issues. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, I mean, 80s Germany was when Germany was still split into um, East and West. Right. Yeah. Before the wall came down, and right around the time when the wall came down in 88, 89, yeah, we had a lot of East German skinheads. We had um, oh, a fuck. lot of um, like neo Nazis, um, a lot of gangs, um, Turkish gangs going going against Germans, and German gangs going against everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, it was. It was a time when. Yeah, you were. I was kind of on the edge, on my toes, looking around. I mean, it all became better after 95. But before Mm -hmm. that, it was, you know...
2: What uh, happened in 95 that made it change?
1: Um, I guess,
2: uh... Was it the Euro?
1: Education and and awareness, generally. No, the Euro came in after 2000. After 99, I think it was, yeah. But, um... Or was it maybe even... I can't really remember. It's such a long time ago now. But, um, yeah, for some reason, after 95, it became better. I mean, maybe it was just me coming out of puberty. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, Yeah, but I didn't get um, hacked on or bullied on or beat up on as much as I used to. Oh, so you Um, got into a bunch of... Fights or. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole reason for me becoming an athlete was because I was on the streets playing basketball. I would like to play streetball all the time. Mm. Um, yeah, and that was definitely an environment where you had to. If you don't excel good in sports, you know, yeah. as a foreigner, yeah. then, then you get really picked on.
3: Oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs>
1: So you can take care of yourself in a fight, I guess, or, uh, or you, I don't you, know if I could anymore <laughs> but, and back then uh, back then, I got more beaten up than really you know beat up, yeah, beat up someone else uh, <laughs> that's... so I don't know i I didn't enjoy fighting
0: yeah it's it, it can get dangerous um, yeah um I, like so be now, do you still have a um I guess, do you still have a very strong connection with Germany then? I mean, that's your, your childhood. Yeah. Or or are you growing more affinity towards uh, Korea now that this is your new home, I guess? Or it's kind of like they're both your home. It's like, yeah, there's no... It's like it's like both your parents, right? You can't say, you, you know...
1: Like, well, it's really hard to say because growing up the way I did, there's always the issue of identity and what I do identify with. Sure. Yeah. So in that sense, I would say... I'm more kind of a citizen of the world yes um uh yeah, and I don't look back that much anymore hm i'm 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 very appreciative of the education and of the opportunities and the not opportunities that ha- have been given that has been given me in Germany because it made me the person that I am today you yeah, know yeah. so um yeah so yeah I guess I'm just grateful, but I don't have any like stronger emotional connection to the past i mean i'm I think I have a stronger connection now to Korea because i don't feel like I want to move away yeah I okay. feel like I want to keep living here
3: mm.
1: um, even though a lot of my after the um soul searching Sunday experience where we met um a lot of my American friends tell me and my agent tells me that I should go to the United States for better opportunities. But I don't feel that way, so I tend to disagree. Okay. Yeah. Because as a Korean, fluent in Korean but also fluent in English, over here in Korea, I realized I get much more unique opportunities that I wouldn't get when I'm only in the United States. Mm. You know, because the market of the United States is... um, Believe it or not, just I believe a little limited to the United States.
0: Oh, interesting! Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, if I think about what happened to my career after Sundance, yeah, um, I worked on a Vietnamese production,
0: the Bitcoin w- Heist, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Bitcoin
1: Heist yeah. with with uh, a local production company with locals. That's cool. Um, I I worked on a. Uh, on a Thai production, a local Thai production, mm. with a Thai director, with with locals, and um, it was all because they were looking for a Korean actor who was able to speak English, and they couldn't reach out all the way to the United States, ah. and they couldn't afford it, you know, mm-hmm. I'm still not famous enough, so I'm cheap, you know, they okay. <laughs> <Like I, laughs> can afford me, <laughs> and I'm I'm willing to go the extra mile to make that experience for now in my career, because I feel like uh, I can, I, I cherish the experience more than the paycheck at the moment. Mm, that's a good, uh, um, yeah. And that's a very deliberate des- decision by me because mm. I could do, if I would consider money more, I would probably go to the United States. You know? Really? Okay. Yeah, because you're protected by the union. And it's a better, it's a, even if you're not, if you, even if you're not union, you get a better paycheck mm. than what you can make in, in Southeast Asia or, right, or Korea right. or Russia or whatnot, you know. I just came back from a job in, in Russia right, working right. with locals on a very local subject and um I know for a fact that there's no other actor like me out there who made these experiences in the past two years. I went to Bali with a local production, you yeah. know. It's um yeah, so it's been crazy after Sundance. It's been very interesting. <laughs> and I feel like I'm slowly building a career where before i had role models where i want to be like somebody um but now it's not that case anymore now especially after post post internet facebook age there there are there are things that don't happen like the way they used to anymore
0: mm. and
1: i'm in the middle of that at the moment so i feel i feel really grateful for that i think something that i
0: connected with is like choosing the experience over the money. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz then like yeah, you get to live in Thai, live and work in Thailand, live and work in in Vietnam. Yeah. And then uh, you're just coming back from Mas- Moscow where you're, you're you are did you want to talk about that project at all or
1: um, you're playing a, I cannot um, I cannot go too much into detail but yeah. for um, the listeners um, <laughs> if you if you look up the name Kirill Serebrennikov, our director. And if you look up the name Victor Tsoy, who's the guy I played, then that should be enough um, information for the nerd researcher out there to, <laughs> to spend the night on. <laughs> I'll, I'll
0: spell that out in the text below.
1: Um, but yeah, yeah. Cool, thanks. And
2: how did I have a few questions now? Yeah. So, how long have you been in, in Korea?
1: Okay, so I stayed in New York until. After going back, yeah. After two thousand six, I stayed in New York until two thousand nine. So I usually say I was off and on in New York for um, six to seven years. Mm. Um, Then I came back to Korea in two thousand nine. What am I saying? Not back. I mean, I moved to Korea for the first time. Actually, that's crazy.
0: Because you grew up in Germany, yeah. So you went back to. I'm assuming you stopped by in Germany to say goodbye to your, you know, get your stuff, I guess, or. Did You go directly from New York to Korea. I did
1: go directly.
0: Wow. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Because yeah. you've already, you know, you've established your life already in New York by that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you had all your, I guess, you don't, you don't have, you don't have that much stuff, I'm guessing, right? Or.
1: Uh yeah, not that much. Okay. Yeah, I'm so. not so so much attached to like things. Yeah, my things.
0: Okay, so you just moved to uh, directly. Okay, yeah. cool. And then do your your yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Dan.
2: And then how do you audition for things that are outside of Korea? I mean, the Thailand production, the Bali production, the yeah. Vietnam production, and the Russia production. I mean, do they have like local agents looking for a Korean actor who can speak English and Korean?
1: Um, all of those jobs um, ever, since, uh, ever since 2015 after Sundance um, came, landed um, in my lab through different lines. So there was never one agent. There was never one story. There were all of these jobs came to me very uniquely. <laughs> it, some, like for example, the Bali production was um, a packaged deal with an actor who was more famous right. than I. No problem. Who was more famous than I was, and he happened to be in my management company at the time. Yeah, and. Um, so I met with a director who already cast the f- more famous guy. And since um, I was in the, in the same company, he was like, okay, I, I take a look at the, at the people who, who are potentially the actors who can play like the, like, the part-filling um, <laughs> um, um, supporting roles, you know, mm. that kind of thing. So that was the Bali thing. Um, Thailand. Um, a friend of mine recommended me to to his ex-girlfriend and the ex-girlfriend was contacted by an agent in in thailand so the thai person to to backtrack the thai person the, the, the thai agent yeah. contacted a girl in korea the the girl in korea who was a model had an ex-boyfriend and the ex-boyfriend was is a filmmaker um, who i knew like kind of um, sporadically, huh. who contacted me and was like, "Hey, he might fit the bill, you know. He's not too expensive. He has these kind of looks. He speaks fluent English, and um, he could represent the Korean character in your film." So, mm. yeah, I put myself on tape. I, um, and then next thing I knew was I was on on board. Which uh,
0: production is this? Do you want you want to mention it or?
1: Uh, yeah, it's called Talent One. The film is called The Moment, and uh, it was kind of like a Thai version of Love. Actually, it's a omnibus style, episodic um, film of three stories: um, one in Seoul, uh, one couple in New York, and one couple in London. Oh, and um, I played okay. the Seoul part, and um, my counter, my like romantic counterpart was a guy, so it was my first gay role too. And um, we opened up number one on Valentine's Day last year. Oh. Yeah, so that was an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah, so that was my Thai experience, uh, my yeah. first gay kiss. Um, oh, wow. Number one at the bo- box office. <laughs> number one gay kiss. Yeah. Uh, 2016. Uh, yeah, yeah, sixteen. And, you know, and like a small fan base. Um, the Vietnamese production, how did that come by? Um, the Bitcoin one, right? Yeah, yeah Bitcoin yeah. Heist. Yeah. Oh, okay. I remember now the, the film Soul Searching, which uh, played at Sundance uh, 2015. Benson, a- Lee, yeah, Benson, Cam, Lee. <laughs> Benson Lee, not Cam, Benson Lee. Played at um, CamFest, and at CamFest, the producer saw me and the director saw me. And then, um, from what I heard, is they had someone else in mind who was older, but he couldn't do it. So I was next in line. They contacted me. I got on board. And... Um, yeah it's you're d- like
0: a main role in that too because like on the poster you're
1: like the the biggest he-
0: head in the poster i think yeah <laughs> i
1: mean it just looks like that <laughs> 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 i mean i'm all, i'm an honest straight shooter you know yeah, right, yeah, yeah as you might have realized by now but um yeah i'm a solid supporting role oh, okay, i'm like yeah. the um, Andy Garcia character in uh, Ocean's Eleven. Okay. You know, I'm the guy they try to rob.
0: Ah. You know, the rich Korean guy. You're the rich guy Korean guy. Okay. Who
1: is like tie? Who has like ties to like to like gangsters and who is also a hacker and has like a lot of Bitcoin money. Okay. And they try to steal it from me. <laughs>
0: i looking at that cryptocurrency. I don't know if you're into investing, but that shit is, is it's kind of interesting. It's yeah, a it's, it's a gamble. It's a gamble. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, go, I you know what? So one thing that uh, you brought up, um, watching all these films. Yeah. What about your own? So you've been working with all these different directors. Yeah. What about your own personal artistic vision or tastes? Yeah. Like what were what are some of the? I know I have some key films for me that when I saw in high school, I was like whoa, I didn't know you could do that. That's great. Like uh, Edward Yang with E E or Hou uh, Hsiao Shen with um, Dust in the Wind. Mm-hmm. Um, Taiwanese filmmakers, um, Mm -hmm. what were some of the films that really spoke to you when you started uh, when you were doing those those formative artistic years?
1: Um, I would say three filmmakers were um, the ones that really influenced me. Um, In my purity in Germany it was Wong Kar Wai because I didn't Mm. know that there was someone who could use the the, the grammar of film to convey melancholy so well, yeah, and I and I didn't feel as alone anymore in in Europe as I as I used to. Um, then during my New York years, I would say uh, Michael Haneke, who did um, the White Ribbon, Amour, and um, also what was the other film? Uh, Cachet. I don't know the the English title. Okay. Um, yeah, Michael Haneke is definitely one of the big ones, and now just like recently, I would say, um, I would say, uh, Tsai Ming Liang. Oh. Yeah, Tsai Ming Liang is is really someone who influenced me. Also, Ang Lee, mm. both Thai Taiwanese. Um, Right? Is Angli Taiwanese? Uh
0: Angli is Taiwanese. He's he grew up in uh, I think Pingdong or Taidong Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. Um, right, but Timing yeah. Lang is Malaysian but his career is in Taiwan. Right, yeah, he's yeah.
1: Malaysian and his yeah. career is in Taiwan and that was also one of the reasons because I think one to go to come back to your question is one thing that really was um food for my soul. <laughs> emotional food for my soul. Yeah. Was um the feeling of displacement and therefore being always very melancholic oh. and a day with melancholia melancholia used to be like a good day because it tend to be like very depressive in my life Wow, <laughs> but i thought that off very well by now and um so yeah so melancholy because of that displacement and because of having no sense of identity and not knowing where to go and where where, where i'm from um Used to be like a big struggle and a big kind of search for who I am oh. as a person, and um, yeah, all those filmmakers deal with that kind of thing, and yeah. especially in the later days now, Tsai Ming Liang. But um, also researching about Tsai Ming Liang and then thinking about um, your background, the Taiwanese background, yeah. you know, they I feel like the cultural DNA of Taiwanese people has it naturally embedded in them to understand melancholy more than other Asian cultures because of their displacement from post-war China mm. and how they fled over to Taiwan.
3: Yeah. And
1: um, having a sense of wanting to return back but having to adapt the island as their new home. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I found that always very, very beautiful. Also Edward Yang, of course, he's yeah. also one of those. But um, yeah, so I mean Yang. Um, and recently, I would say... I would say the director that I just worked with, Kirill Serebrennikov, I mean, Mm. he hit me like really strongly, like figuratively, like above my head. (laughs) He physically did not hit you, but he,
0: I think you mentioned about displacement. Yeah, I guess that Taiwanese identity, it's interesting because there is that group that came from, from China. There's Mm. also the group that is in Taiwan as well, and it's just like this interaction of identity and I I also feel that in America. I I it's a different circumstance of course. Yeah. But like Taiwanese Taon- or, or American. And um now here in Korea, like they ex- they accept you as Korean or Um I mean how was it adjusting? I guess we can talk about that, that transition period.
1: Well, um Oh that's that's a loaded question. <laughs> but to give you a, but to give you a simple answer, no, they don't accept me as Korean. Oh wow. but then again, um wherever I am, the uh the local people will never accept me as one of their own. Like the Germans will never accept me as a like a German. Oh, the people in the States will never accept me as a like United States citizen. And that's okay. I mean it puts me on a very unique edge. Yeah. I'm okay yeah. with that. And in Korea it's the same thing. So um so in terms of that, another way of answering the question is, um, I can make everyone accept me as Tail. Yeah,
3: yeah, I You know?
1: know, so I'm just, I'm just me, I don't know, like there's no nationality type of stigma attached to me. That's mm. how I feel now. Like I'm just a citizen of the world. And, Yeah. No, that's how i that's how i feel
0: yeah i mean bruce lee he mentioned they asked him oh are you chinese or like what and he's like i'm a human being right yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: because he was born in san francisco and you know yeah. um dan did you did you have anything to add or
2: i, I think it, it's a very common feeling probably for like asian americans as well because i grew up in the 80s yeah you know, in in san diego which was very white and then the only other asians that were around were like Vietnamese immigrants are first generation who barely spoke English. Yeah. So Th-
1: then how how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm forty four. Forty four? Okay. You're wow, you look yeah. much younger. <laughs> I was like, Asian. I thought because you were you were saying, you know, you grew grew up in the eighties in San Diego I was like, wait, are we the same age, you know? Uh, I'm older, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you're in mid
0: thirties now, Tao or I'm, I'm six. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm the youngest here at thirty three, so yeah. Mm. And Sorry, Dan, what w- were you going to say?
2: Oh, no, it's just I think it's a very similar kind of feeling mm-hmm. because in the 80s in San Diego it was very, very white. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're definitely if I, I went back to China
3: mm-hmm.
2: in 84 to go visit and we stuck out like a sore thumb, me and my cousins, because we dressed differently. Everyone could see us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we walked down the street and they go, oh, yeah, those people are not Chinese. Mm-hmm. They might look kind of like Chinese, yeah. but they're not. Yeah.
0: I I don't know if this is the same for you, Tao. Like I speak Chinese, I speak uh, Mandarin with a very thick American accent. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's something you probably have to unlearn, right? To to be able to act in Korea. In Korea. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm still. I'm I'm not really struggling with it anymore. I oh, cool. Used to because I had I had a thick accent too, but I work. I'm working. I'm still working on. Um, I'm getting speech classes oh, every cool. every week, and oh. um. Yeah, but by now people don't recognize uh, my accent anymore. Like, oh, I don't okay. have one anymore. Okay. Yeah, they realize that I'm not from Korea via the content and my thought and my attitude. Ah. Uh, and not by ah. my speech. Right. Yeah. But when
2: they <laughs> see you, they, they can't tell. Yeah, they can't. They can't.
0: Okay, your style now seems
1: fairly Korean, I guess, or is this Korean No, it's not, no, this is, I don't know if this is Korean or not, this is just me. (laughs) This is you. Yeah, (laughs) it's just me. And, um, but, um, like, and of course, you know, I dress for the occasion, occasion, or for the character when I go to a meeting or audition. Yeah. So they can't tell. But, um, um, yeah, if I talk to people, they just say that that I'm very unique, so, you know, that's... That's good enough that's fair enough <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah i, I think for, i guess i could work I, I i i'm conflicted about this issue because i can work on my I, I need to improve my mandarin of course mm-hmm. but my accent like do i want to spend effort on reducing my accent or actually learning more be more fluent in mandarin I, mm-hmm. i'm focusing more on just being more fluent right reading mm-hmm. writing um because if you could if everyone can understand me mm-hmm. For the most, people, yeah, everyone can understand me. They just can tell I have a thick accent. So, whatever, you know. So, you know, people in America have different accents in yeah, different parts yeah, of the states. and yeah. No one says they're less American or yeah. whatever. Um, they do. Oh, these days. oh <laughs> they do. Okay, whatever. Oh, okay. Screw that. <laughs> um, but yeah, go I ahead. You have Dan. A question. Yeah.
2: So the. the- the productions that you ha- did in, like, Thailand and Bali and oh. uh, Korea, mm-hmm. or not Korea, but Russia, yeah. were they in English? Did you have to, or were, did you, like, I mean, your um, you were Korean liked- character. They were
1: always different. Um, for the production in Bali, I had to speak Korean. For Vietnam and Thailand, I spoke um, English. And for the one in Russia, I spoke Russian. I had to learn and memorize everything in Russian. Wow. <laughs> Shit.
0: <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Because you play a a Russian national. Like a rock, a, well, he's like a Russian icon.
1: Victor Tsoy. Yeah, yeah, Victor Tsoy, yeah. yeah. So I played, okay, for a little bit background information about that guy. Um, he passed away in 1990 in a very dubious uh, car accident. People think it was um, something else. Mm. <laughs> So-called something else. And um, the reason for that is... Um, his rock music he started in 81 with his first album and he had his last album out right before he died Mm -hmm. working on his next album um his music influenced um the russian people so much so that they still to this day credit him for being one of the influences why the former soviet union came down oh wow so um his music is is kind of like revolutionary it screams freedom and um and um freedom of art freedom of um of of uh, oppression mm. and um changes and um yeah even to this day when people go go out on the streets and demonstrate they sing his songs wow Victor Tsui. He he's is a, a
0: korean father russian mother, mother yeah, uh,
1: yeah so second generation uh korean russian and um, one of their cultural icons, so much that they would call him a saint. Wow! And um, yeah, so yeah, that was the role that I that <laughs> I played, and I can only say this because the Russian media already published that.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, otherwise yeah. I'm, I I wouldn't be allowed. But yeah, you
1: know.
0: <laughs> is Toya a a I I know I have a friend her yeah. last name is Toya she's in, from uh, one of the eastern. Uh, from Uzbekistan or like close to Russia. Yeah. Is that a common Korean-Russian last name? I guess or I
1: don't. Uh, know? I don't think so. No. it's just a common Korean name like Kim and oh, Lee. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Koreans say Tre. Oh. So that's the Korean pronunciation. Yeah, C h o i. That's ah. the Korean pronunciation, and then it kind of went into Choi and then later Soy, the way the um, Russians would pronounce it, Got and it. Okay. Um, yeah. But they came there via, I think, natural migration before North and South Korea were North and South. When Uh Korea was one Korea and it was colonialized by the Japanese, even before that. I think the migration started in the 1860s and it went all the way to 19... I think around 1910, 1920 and um, yeah... And that's that that's that part of korean dna going into russian culture russian. yeah
0: wow. uh, just to check in how are you okay on time if yeah you i'm like, good on time Yeah, cool. uh, are you yeah i'm good on time yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, dan you good yeah. um one thing uh through all this like um there is that okay loneliness right yeah uh you mentioned going through those periods of loneliness or or the melancholy mm-hmm. like did you have a support system? did you have like a girlfriend or a partner that you that, <clears throat> like that during those times of help maybe
1: or uh no because um even if I had yeah yeah, I mean there were times where where I had um partners um but though I would share it, it wasn't something where I could feel that it was um either compassionate enough or culturally understandable enough for the other person to feel the way I feel and therefore I would always feel lonely anyway
3: oh. you know
1: because my situation was so unique yeah i don't i know many korean germans yeah but i don't know any korean german who decided to become an actor so i know <laughs> that i'm the only one so yeah. that circumstance that cultural circumstance paired with my ethnic circumstance and my cultural m- migration is very unique. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if I would be in the United States with um Korean Americans, I would feel very very different.
3: Mm. You
1: know. And um then coming to Korea and trying to, you know, make people understand all that, you know. I mean, how can I convey that kind of feeling of being German and understanding words like zeitgeist or gesundheit and therefore also understanding a little bit of yiddish but um (laughs) but uh you know knowing how to eat schnitzel with sauerkraut but also know that polish people eat sauerkraut and Mm. you know being surrounded by you know tv where we had like um channels that we could pick up from france but also from from the netherlands and belgium Mm -hmm. and growing up with that kind of nostalgia but then again going to the United States and then also understanding American culture because I have spent the whole of my 20s in, in, the, yeah. in, in the US, I mean at least the bigger part of my 20s and um, yeah and then on top of that being an actor and then coming to Korea and all of that, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's um, my support system you were asking, right, to sure, come sure. back to the question. Um when it would be too much that it's unbearable, I I usually would just write. Okay. Yeah. So.
0: That's your therapy, I guess. Yeah,
1: that's my therapy, writing. Um,
0: yeah. Because you write children's books too, yeah. Yeah. Or, nanny, or, or well, you how do you know that? that? I research.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um,
1: I'm a published children's books writer in Korea. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, it started after uh, after Rada when. Uh, I I learned about the, um, the techniques of how Shakespeare wrote his sonnets, and then I decided to write something not in um, pentameter but in septameter, if that makes any sense. So I wouldn't so make. instead
0: of 10 syllables,
1: you're doing. Yeah, I would do 14. Oh, yeah. gosh. So okay. I would like something like.
0: In Korean? In Hangul? Or... No,
1: in English. In English, okay, okay. So I just started practicing that, and then would go into also pentameter and um, see how that rhyme structure would um, affect storytelling in terms of pace. Because if you set up a story with, um, with uh, seven syllables and then break into five syllables, it becomes much faster pace. Mm. Right? And then I was thinking, okay, what is a universal story that I could talk about which is easy for children to understand? Mm-hmm. But um, sophisticated enough that ad- adults would enjoy it too. Yeah. Which the rhyme structure already was for adults. But um, <clears throat> so I came up with um, the idea of why, like with the question why um, everyone in the world has always at some point one sock missing.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, Yeah. like the left sock or something. Yeah, 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 one sock
1: missing. So I came up with a story about like a little monster that uh, dwells in homes and eats one sock. (laughs) And um, (laughs) then I backtracked that and I was like, okay, what are socks made of? And um, and then I came up with a story of, uh, with a coming of age story of a little, of a little, um, extinct family of of um animals that are later caught in the story monsters by the children <laughs> um that live in a small hole in the ground somewhere in the southern parts of the united states in the cotton fields huh. and one day the parents disappear and the little protagonist who, whom i call tail <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, tail the little sock monster that's also the name of the book um yeah came out of his hole and um started realizing that his parents um, fed him the cotton of the cotton fields his entire um, uh, um, um, little life. And then he started eating until he looked like a little cotton ball himself and he accidentally got picked up by one of the cotton pickers. And um, lands in a big factory where the cotton is manufactured into um, texture material, you know. And she had to like. Ex- cotton mill, yeah. yeah. Yeah, cotton mill. Escape the conveyor belt, and then he, land, he arrives in a big city, and, you know, and there also, like, kicks in, like, the sense of loneliness and melancholy that I wanted the illustrator to convey, mm. you know? And. um... You wrote this in your late 20s or early I 30? wrote it in 2010 ish, I think. Okay. Eight, yeah, 9 ish, 10 ish. Yeah. And. um... Yeah, and then he arrives in the city and then how he, you know, survives and how he becomes (laughs) an adult and how he lives, like, in a laundromat and he, like, eats, eats, like, the, like, always, like, one sock and then the other he sleeps and, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So it's autobiographical. Yeah, yeah, like the (laughs) the sensibility, the emotional (laughs) sensibility of it was something that I tried to put in there. Also because I always hate the fact that children's books nowadays are... Tend to be always educational, and uh-huh. I hate that because uh, I grew up on a lot of audiobooks in the 80s in Germany. What what Germans love are audiobooks.
0: Oh, cool! I love audiobooks, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: But um, I used to listen to them as um records, oh, yeah. So I would listen to Brother Grimm's stories, mm. and they're not the um, the cookie cutter candy version of what um disney does with them oh it's the
0: originals yeah the originals oh, they're wow, really those, dark they're and super dark yeah, yeah they're
1: super dark and you know and but there is a sense of uh, learning the emotion of something which is weird or which is melancholic and lonely i mean even like hans christian anderson's um the girl the matchstick girl it's a super dark sad story mm. but there's some kind of beauty in it that you take away you know, learning it when you're a child. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you you listen to that story like an old grandma's voice is is telling you that story via, like, this recorder before you go to sleep. And you're like, (sighs) oh, you know, and you fall asleep and you wake up and you kind of forget about it. But, you know, but maybe, you know, there were some stories to you know that were so scary that I would cry, but then the yeah. next day you would be like, "Okay, that was interesting, yeah, so I felt like you know in my story, I wanted to convey that feeling of loneliness and melancholy, which was very important for me, and uh, mm. so uh, yeah, writing, I mean that's your therapy, <laughs> yeah, right now, I'm writing music and 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 um treatments for for future scripts, so, oh great, yeah. So I'm what? I'm graduating. <laughs> You're grad-
0: <laughs> What kind of um music do you are you writing like rock music, pop music or like uh instrumental
1: or well I would say if you if you wanna put it into a category, I would say the closest would be world music. Okay. Because um I try to use cheap instruments and record them and mix them up in my laptop by myself. Yeah. Um for anyone who's interested out there, if you look up the word "tail caravan" with a K, you can find um, a few of my songs, all like early samples on on SoundCloud. Oh, nice! Um, Check it out. <laughs> but <laughs> Tao um, caravan with a K. It's very amateur level right now. Right now, I'm back from playing this guy Victor Zoy, and there's like enough reverberance left that I want to start writing a whole album.
0: Oh wow. So
1: so I'm on my second song right now and then but it's all in Korean this time. Okay. Yeah, the tail caravan stuff was like in English, but now I'm all in Korean. Yeah, but the, I only do that on the side, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's your Yeah. And the reason why I do it in Korean is also because um I at the same time I want ex- I want to practice my 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 way of Korean expression. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so it it's, it serves like two purposes. Going back to your characters, mm-hmm.
0: um, are you? Is it easy for you to shake off your character? Like, I guess getting into the character takes a lot of research and a lot of work. Yeah. Um, now and you live in that space for however long the production is. I yeah, assume. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you? Is it hard going back to like oh Teo, Citizen of the world, Teo you? Yeah. Is is that is that a easy transition for you or is it kinda of hard like moving in and out of production? Science?
1: Uh for me it's always hard. Um, okay. Yeah, for me it's always hard. And it also depends on the on the gravity and the the um the intensiveness of the character. Sure, sure. But also on the paycheck. Yeah. Because i uh, <laughs> Yeah I'm being honest. Hey, you know? hey man, we're yeah, because, we gotta, yeah, we you know eat. yeah, yeah yeah. You know, if if they pay me so much for, for a um, supporting role and I got it like two weeks before we go into production, uh-huh. then there's only so much I can do yeah, in preparation. Yeah. Mm. And therefore, I'm not as invested. That doesn't mean that I don't want to be. I still try my best. Mm. But, um, you know, for... The pay grade of the amount my character is on screen, you know. I, I always do, but you know, I always do more than, of course, what I'm getting paid. I always try to do more and I always try to be in undisposable. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah is yeah. that the right word? Undisposable? Indisposable. yeah. So that's what I try to achieve on set, ultimately. But, um, you know, depending on the gravity of, 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 all those different circumstances, you know, it takes sometimes a bit longer, sometimes a bit shorter, but it's always hard. <laughs> uh, so you still have that reverberance of Victor in your body, I guess, or I mean yeah, because um it was I mean, the Victor Tsoi character was one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life. Oh shit. Because the Russian language I have so much respect for <laughs> that's something that you don't mess around with yeah yeah and um because I had to get it to a level where I'm being accepted as the person that they know as their saint oh gosh you know, think about that pressure that's so, a lot yeah 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 so um <sighs> it's like playing a mixture of Kurt Cobain Morrissey and um and uh, and Jim uh, Morrison yeah yeah that? <laughs> it's like uh, I mean, and Bob Dylan. Bob I mean, Dylan, you know, oh, yeah, like oh, a shit. mixture of that, you know, all, all those three, the, four. The, the people. fathers of yeah their genres, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. like how, how he is, and um, so yeah, I don't think that I'm going ever going to be able to to undo the memorizations that I did for all the songs and for the for the script that I went through the, this last summer. Wow. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's crazy.
1: It's always going to be like a part of me, I guess. Uh, yeah, but I guess fine.
0: that's something you enjoy that you choose these experiences that become a part of you or Yeah, of um, Teo, yeah. yeah. this ide- I- identity of Teo, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: I I welcomed the challenge. Ah. Oh. And um, and when they offered it to me, I was like, "Man, okay, <laughs> I knew about I knew about this person." Yeah. Um, simply for the fact that their research who is an interesting Korean character in the history of the world that I might act one day. Like, I did that research, like, ten years ago. Oh, nice. So, there are, like, a few interesting characters out there that still not many people know about. Mm. Victor Tsui was one of them that, of course, the Russian people, the the Soviet, the former (laughs) Soviet people know about. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was a big responsibility. So, it was really tough. It was really hard. Yeah, it was very intense.
0: But you seems like you you also took a lot from it. You're very like you're grateful for it, yes or Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. You mentioned you did your research on all these um Korean characters. Uh is there a character that you would love to play? Uh, that from that
1: research or yeah. in general? Yeah. Yeah. There's one that I would love to play. Um I don't know what the um, entertainable edge would be in a film or a TV series. Um, so there's this one Korean. His name is his name on the internet is Antonio Correa. Korea with a C. Antonio Korea, and um, I stumbled upon him via a Rubens painting, the Dutch painter Rubens. Mm-hmm. he He painted a Korean guy back in the day in the sixteen hundreds, and nobody knows how this Korean guy got there, or Rubens over here <laughs> so this is where you get to think, okay how did he how did this famous Dutch painter painted a Korean guy and called it the Korean man, the painting huh you know so um during the research, I found out that. Um I don't remember if it was um, the seventeenth or the eighteenth century, but anyway. Um so um Jap- Japan during like one of their um um reigns over Korea sold uh, Korean slaves to um to to uh, merchants that would come all the way uh, to Korea via Japan oh, wow. by traveling. Um I don't know if it was over the Silk Road, you know, after, um, after, what was his name? Anyway, yeah, I don't know if it, if it was over the Silk Road or via sea, but they came all the way to Japan mm. and there was this one Italian guy who mm-hmm. bought three slaves, three Korean slaves, and he kept the one that um, studied Latin and Italian the quickest. Huh. And that guy later was christened and named uh, Antonio Correa. He came all the way back to Italy, um, and had his own family and his. He adapted his nationality as his uh, last name, and there's still um, a a line to him to about. Um, I think it was like something like um, three hundred families or something in a small village in Italy mm-hmm. that. Um, that know about this story because their own family, their last name is Korea. Oh shit! Yeah, with the To so, this day. Yeah, to this day. Wow. Yeah, so I had like different ideas about how I could pitch this story. Combine it with something modern and like like a treasure hunt, and you know, someone goes back <laughs> and tries to look, you know, for something that the original uh, Antonio Korea kind of buried, or I don't know, like you know, yeah, okay. something like that. But, um, yeah, that was an interesting story. It would would be like an interesting um, period piece. But, you know, who would invest in something like that? Like, coming back to the reality of the business, you know? So... Italian market, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Korean market? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who would be... Then you would have to think, who would be the market you know who would be the the audience Mm. to sell it to so there's no money in it so it needs to be an independent art house film and if that's the case then who which director would be invested enough to make such a story so I realized you know maybe like an interesting pitch would be uh, making it about food (laughs) something like that because Italians and Koreans love food very much alike yeah Yeah. so I don't know like I'm just you know that was one guy that I would love to play. Another one. Um, his name is Lee Mirok, Lee Mirok, and um, he fled Korea during the um, reign, during the Japanese reign, um, right after the First World War, um, and he fled. Somehow he ended up in Germany. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're, the reason why he had to flee, why he flew the country, Korea, was because he was a, a resistance fighter against the Japanese. Mm. And what he ended up doing in Germany is he was a resi- resistance <laughs> fighter against the Nazis too. <laughs> so he kind of became famous in a small village in, in that locality of the Germans. He's still buried there in Germany um, because he wrote um, about his independence from Japan in German for Mm -hmm. the for the jewish people and the germans who were not nazis but bystanders Mm -hmm. to read so that's how he protested and um yeah he was one of the guys who who was very interesting too like an intellectual korean who was a revolutionary i guess at the time have you thought about writing and directing or just writing and acting um yeah i mean the reason's why I also started writing treatments is is um I'm investing in stories that I want to uh create myself as a filmmaker in the future. Yeah. Um directing, yes. Um but acting first. Okay. Yeah. And um because I did it in theater, I wrote for myself, I acted myself. Yeah, yeah. So who can better tell that emotional that story than I do? Right. So yeah, but I'm reserving my th- that part of my life for my 40s because I would like to have uh, enough weight as an actor or I have my name be a platform for investors to, to, to pitch a story to get investment. Okay, yeah. You know? So that's my goal. So I'm working on my career, so I better be fucking... <laughs> successful as an actor <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like
0: you're doing interesting work I mean your homeboy um Justin Chan shout out to Justin yeah he did a uh, gook have you seen that yet or
1: uh yes I've seen the rough cut but oh, I, I um okay. but I haven't seen it in, in the theaters yet I want to I like he was like yeah I don't watch it I'm like yeah I know I'm not gonna I'm gonna want to wait I want to watch it in theater with an audience you know, oh really that kind of thing yeah oh wow okay yeah
0: uh it's um not to spoil it but yeah it's good it's 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 very well received i think especially not just asian american community but yeah community at large yeah because uh kind of like these sub histories right yeah. this is a very recent history this is in his li- our lifetimes right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but no one's really told about the korean la riots i mean the la riots from a korean perspective which yeah. is kind of ridiculous because yeah. they were probably one of the most if not the most affected yeah. by the riots yeah. they got looted and all that so yeah. um i mean yeah so i i thought that was interesting so but i what i saw, thought was interesting is like damn he's writing directing and acting in it yeah that's um, i don't know dan dan and i've had this conversation like that's a lot of duties to take on yeah um but you're saying that that might be something maybe in your 40s that you might take on
1: um well, it depends. Well, we'll see what we'll well, there. I put yeah. Well, well, the reason why I would say I'm in my 40s is because that's the like kind of like my imaginary timeline where I'm famous enough to do it. Sure, sure, yeah. if I become famous earlier than that, then I would do it earlier. Okay. So um, but I'm going to do it eventually. Wow. So, yeah,
0: that's your game plan or your yeah.
1: your goal. Yeah. yeah. So I'm writing it also for the for the protagonist for me to be in it as the pro- protagonist. Um, where I don't have to have like a certain age line to be cast in, so oh. it's a very um, universal story. I mean, it's not easy to invest to research in something like that, but you know, I'm I'm on a good way. I mean, I'm very confident in my stories. So.
0: Yeah, okay. Dan, Dan, sorry, I've been taking over for a bit. Do you have anything to add or
2: no, no, it's just uh, <laughs> I'm I'm missing every other word. I think.
0: Oh, that sucks. sucks. Um, Well, we can wrap it up Uh, here. Let me, let me, let's do a a edit here. Hey, you want to just do audio then?
2: Maybe best
0: All right, let's just do audio. Okay, well we'll we'll kind of finish it up with a few last questions then. Um, Dan, so did you have anything to add to that? Uh,
2: no. But uh, okay, maybe you should ask Ko (laughs) to take you out to uh, some clubs. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! That's uh, I went to I've done uh, it one yet
2: in Korea, so you should go. Okay. Um.
0: Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. And we're back. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Um. But one thing I was gonna ask. Um. Okay. Yeah. Dan. Good. Good point. Um. I do wanna. I'll do a whole like Korea Taiwan episode when I get back. I guess. Well. I'll talk about my experiences. Yeah. I did. I did go to like a bar last night. I tried to. You know, talk to some ladies. Um, it was tough, but um, but uh, uh, one thing I was gonna okay. You you mentioned one thing. I kind of wrap it up was a little bit about. I think a lot of artists or a lot of um, a lot of people uh, mm-hmm. deal with um, feelings of displacement, loneliness, or yeah. melancholy. Yeah. Um. So, what are some of the tools that? because that's something we do talk about a little bit on mm-hmm. this on this podcast is about mental health a little bit like mm-hmm. what do you do i guess what are some of the tools you do to stay centered and stay focused on like stay i guess being present and being happy in the moment like what what are some of the tools that you found i guess you mentioned writing yeah
1: yeah writing is one of the things um i think um lately uh there's In a classical sense, I would say it would be meditation. Oh. But um, um, but that's something that I've lately stumbled upon by reading about Eckhart Tolle. I don't know if you heard about that guy. Um, Sounds familiar. So he's like a spiritual spiritual leader, writer, philosopher also. Um, and I stumbled upon him via uh, the craziness of uh, Jim Carrey's interviews lately. <laughs> yeah,
0: his yeah. interviews are great. Yeah, So yeah.
1: I wanted to know what that is all coming from, and then you know, I I found about I found out about this German-born. Um, he lived part of his youth in in in, in Spain, and later in Britain, and then went over to Canada and the United States. Um, so he's a writer and yeah basically he's much about spirituality and how to live in the present moment
3: mm.
1: and um yeah that helped me a lot you know because to paraphrase his words he's saying he he was um in the in time of his life when you when he was very depressed he was saying you know i can't live i can't live with myself anymore and yeah. he wanted to commit suicide yeah but um there was a moment where he thought about okay this grammatical structure of saying I can't live with myself anymore so where's the uh, who's the I and who's myself
3: mm. so he
1: basically separated the two in the sentence structure so, so I can't live with myself anymore and um, basically to give it in a nutshell from the way I perceive him is um he was saying that the history of our language It's about 60,000 years old.
0: Human language. Yeah, the history
1: of human language. Which means the history of compartmentalizing Mm -hmm. thought is also only as old as that, maybe even younger. Yeah. You know? And um, so before that, we lived with very basic um, intuitive needs and intuitive action right
0: yeah we yeah like an so, animal. Yeah, yeah like an animal exactly yeah. we want to eat fuck yeah sleep. exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: so um, basically what he's saying is that um, our thoughts are not our identity but our thoughts are the structures of the language and the social surroundings that the language created okay so we we are not supposed to mistake our negative thoughts for our being, for who we are,
3: Mm.
1: you know, and um, that what we feel negatively, what we think about, you know, about the traumas of our past, about the worries about our future, you know, our emotion, emotional life comes from that process of thought, Mm. you know, rather than really being present in the moment without all those worries. So that, that, that rang a bell with me. That, that kind of struck a chord with me. So it helped me a lot being very balanced and centered because based on that, you know, it's it's easier to be just present. Mm. If you don't, if you untrain yourself to worry about the traumas of the past, to worry about what happens in the future, you know, just worry about thought in general. Worry so, about thought in general. Okay. Yeah. Worry
0: about thought in general. Cause uh, I guess. So if there's anything, sorry, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a lot to process. About no. I'm trying to look at the sentence structure there. So yeah. like worry, so thought, thought as the actual. That that actually uh, having those negative thoughts. Yeah. Um, something you should worry about having, I guess, is like or or just let it, just let it be, or like just let those thoughts be, but but kind of disassociate that with your idea of who you are or yourself like oh oh shit I fucked up um, I'm a terrible person so that's yeah, maybe yeah. a certain pattern right? yeah 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 so then you're saying if instead of worrying about are you really a terrible person more about worry about that thought of thinking you are a terrible person yeah okay Interesting.
1: yeah I mean and to come back to your question also like um, where do I find that balance in that loneliness i mean uh yeah i i don't know i um ever since i'm more present i don't feel as lonely anymore because loneliness is also only a construct that i made for myself mm-hmm. because i feel like other people don't understand me so with that comes a lot of fear and a lot of worry but if i don't worry about that i can just express myself honestly and directly and sincerely
3: mm-hmm.
1: so um without being worried about if the other person understands me or not you know okay so and i feel like the worry itself makes the other person not understand me as clearly clear clearly as um in opposition when i don't worry about it and i just express myself maybe the person understands me better you know right instead of worrying about the outcome exactly instead of worrying about the outcome which is also i guess kind of bruce lee's philosophy right yeah. yeah so which is not easy because we are so trained into thinking a certain way yeah you know? yeah but um i'm in a good place right now you think Ah, oh, good
0: yeah. dan did you have anything to add to that or
1: dan are you there <laughs> Dan, <said> like <laughs> goodbye i'm dan. here
0: but i i'm again i'm missing like every other word Oh, okay. Man. Oh man. Um. Well, let's go ahead. Let's wrap it up with. Uh. Do you have any last questions? Uh, no. Yeah, I think that that thinks is a good place to end. I mean, um, I always do feel it's, especially as artists or creators, it's very easy to seek validation from an audience, from mm-hmm. a if you're an actor, from a, the director. producers and say oh hey am I I good enough right Mm. Uh, but I think what you mentioned is kind of that idea of being okay with yourself first instead of worrying about what other people think about you is is, is that paraphrasing or is that is that safe to say or I mean you should still be respectful to other people Mm. and you know but I think what you mentioned is like first expressing yourself honestly uh, and truthfully, and you know, not caring too much about uh, what other people think. I mm. guess is that a, 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 a approach that you're that has helped you?
1: Um, not in a sense the way you um, the you the way you structured it because it implicates that. Um, an audience that I cater to, ah. which I don't worry about in general. It's it's more about how I was in my own head and and how I'm not in in my own space and like in, like about. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to explain. It's um.
0: I think I, um, because my and, I guess my constructing that sentence yeah. already implies that there is a focus on the audience or a focus on this other yeah, that you're trying yeah, to yeah. please i yeah.
1: guess yeah yeah so this is like really deep psychology psychological stuff because yeah, yeah. because it's like you know i'm saying i'm not doing it for um, the reaction of the other but you know it's also ironic because you know i live within that context of the other <laughs> as well so um, but but to come back to your question um yeah, it's just being about um being myself, I guess, you know. Being just being myself and being honest with myself. Mm. That's that's I think the most important thing. Just being honest with myself to myself um about myself. Which is not always very easy, but right. you know. Yeah.
0: That's what I'm trying to yeah, yeah, I think we're all trying to strive for. So, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> um okay, so the last
0: section we do is something called uh language corner yay! language corner yeah where we share a uh, phrase from uh, a language that we know or are studying Uh, let's see Uh, Dan did you have any uh, phrase prepared today no or anything that you've been thinking about no (laughs) Uh, cuz okay well I guess um, this is very important phrase Uh, probably if not the most important phrase, um, uh, "厕所在哪里," right? So that's Mandarin. "厕所在哪里" is "Where's the bathroom," right? Mm-hmm. So, so in 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 Taiwanese, which I spoke a little bit when I was a kid, and I forgot. Uh, the di- uh, The dialect would be "biān biān biān de biān de the So totally different mm-hmm. yeah so sosso 厕所 is bathroom is the um, location verb die nali where 厕所在哪里 and in, correct me if I'm saying this correct mm-hmm. uh, so I learned this in Korea while I've been traveling here's a kwajang oh
1: that's pretty good <laughs> oh, <yeah? laughs>
0: yes yay kwa <laughs> I've, I've been practicing that a lot because uh I drink a lot of water, and I gotta go pee, so I, I learned that quickly, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's my phrase of today, is, uh, where is the bathroom in? Where is in Mandarin? Where is the bathroom uh and Where is It's uh, Korean, yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, Dan, or uh, Te- Teo, did you have anything? Or?
1: i continue that sentence into German. <laughs> Wo ist die Toilette? And then I'm gonna continue that sentence into Russian. Toilet. <laughs> where's the toilet?
0: Okay. Is, and is it the same? It, uh, I'm curious for those languages. Is it? Are they saying where's the toilet or where's the bathroom or like?
1: Um, I think toilet is more universal. Yeah, we're ah. using toilet. We have a slang in German where we say Klo. Wo ist that Klo? <laughs>
0: Where's the closet or...?
1: No, It's it means Toil- where where's the toilet, yeah. Ah,
0: cool.
1: Yeah. Bathroom... Bathroom is a very American thing to it's say. It's a very Amer- yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Well washroom is very British, I think. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Dan, do you, uh, do, yeah... Do yeah, in Japanese, in
2: it would be... Uh, like, um, like... Like everything else is... Toilet wa dooko desu ka? Toilet. Toilet is like... Uh, take on <laughs> a toilet. Yeah.
0: Right. I guess bathroom, restroom, washroom. This is very, I I don't know. It's very, uh, maybe Western thing. I don't know. I'd have to look at the etymology. But yeah, toilet seems more universal, like you mentioned. Mm. (laughs) So, okay, there we go. uh, Where is the toilet? In, In many languages. And go ahead, go out and use that in the world. Um, Tail, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me.
2: Sorry for the technical difficulties. (laughs) Cool. All
0: right. (laughs) That's all right. Cool. All right, Dan. So I'll see you when I get back to the states. And uh, so we're gonna do a little sign off. So um, this is James, aka Young, signing off.
1: Until, (laughs) aka Tail, signing off. (laughs) Cheers! Thank Thank you you so much much for listening. Bye. Go clubbing.